Hey everybody, welcome to 100 Proof Papas. Today I am Matt, and joining me remotely is Ian. Ian, yo, what's how up, are Matt? You? How are you? Oh now? my god, dude! The dreaded quarantine question of how are you? Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't know, I... man. <laughs> like <laughs> we're recording this, it's November first. How do you think I am? I'm a, <laughs> Sunny I'm a, with a chance a... of of going crazy, right? Yeah, I'm I'm borderline just chaotic energy. Yeah. Filled with anxiety and dread and existential nightmares fueled through the lens of being a father. So cool. if we're gonna so if we're gonna D and D it, you're you're bordering the, the edge of chaotic from chaotic neutral to chaotic evil. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not I'm never gonna hit the evil realm, but All I'm right, definitely good. chaotic neutral hard right now. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I get it. <laughs> well, uh, good news for that is we actually have a little bit of a release. So we're drinking a uh, very old Barton today. Uh, but we do have a guest with us. Ian, who's our guest today? Our guest is none other than Matt Benio. Uh, and he'll be referred to thus, thusly in the episode as Benio. Uh, Matt, you want to say hi and tell, uh, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, how's it going? My name is hey, Matt. Matt Benio, also known as Benio. And I'm a dad just popping in for a conversation and to give you an idea of how it's going for me i'm drinking a bang energy drink at uh, 9 37 p.m <laughs> on a sunday night perfect living life man I love that, that energy is definitely uh that's like peak 2020 energy right there all right yeah it really is it really is what time is it it's fucking o'clock i'm drinking a bang energy <laughs> Uh, so what, uh, what flavor bang energy are you drinking? So, okay. I have a quick story to tell. So I just have a really bad habit of drinking bang energy drinks and there's a gas station around the corner from my house. And it's like one of those like small gas stations where it's like really like an auto shop that just so happens to sell a few snacks, but they've got bang energy drinks. So that's like my morning stop. I go there and I hit two bang energy drinks and a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> Uh, like they had like, you know, six flavors I would choose from. I had like my two go-tos and one day I show up and they're gone and I'm like, what the heck? And I turn around and there is an entire new cooler just top to bottom of all new flavors of Bang Energy drink. <laughs> and literally I unlocked it. I bought so many Bang Energy drinks that they became like a premium vendor and they have, oh, like, man. the most variety I've seen at any <laughs> gas station. So they have this flavor there. It is called Radical Skedaddle. And uh, it's it's pretty weird. <laughs> but what, what is it? Like, what is, the, what is it supposed to be? Okay, so I think there's, like, some bubble gum in there a little bit. Some fruit oh, flavors no. as well. Uh, so it's, like, a really, like... It's a really odd flavor, but the thing that blew my mind is I made the connection of like, because it was like a very familiar flavor. I was like, why do I know this flavor? It's the smell or the flavor of the smell of like uh, the outhouse disinfectant. (laughs) (laughs) It's that as a flavor. And guess what? I hate to say this, but it's my go-to flavor now. (laughs) <laughs> oh, God. oh man that is both abhorrent and kind of impressive simultaneously yeah. but yeah it's like I'm not even gum mad. and fruit like and seriously like next time you go to an outhouse like yeah it's gross but like there's a smell there where it's like wow that would actually be like an interesting flavor and <laughs> radical skedaddle knock yourself out now you oh, can taste God. the way your outhouse smells it smells which is <laughs> that's a little terrifying yeah you don't say <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on the flip Great side. Great intro, Benio. <laughs> yeah, thanks, <man. laughs> I love it. On the on the flip side, we're uh, we're not drinking outhouse flavor. <laughs> um, <laughs> bang energy drinks. <laughs> we're drinking very old Barton, um, which is from the Barton Distillery down in uh, Frankfort, Kentucky. Uh, so Ian and I had the luxury of actually getting and getting together and seeing each other in person for the first, second time now, is it second time now? I think it's the second time. Yeah. (laughs) Since pandemic started, um, besides the random whiskey drops that were happening on doorsteps, Mm -hmm. um, between the, the storm doors on our homes. But, 
uh, we went to the local liquor store over here in Minneapolis that is by my place, Southlandale Liquors, and they have a phenomenal whiskey selection. So they really do. Yeah. If uh, if anybody in the Minneapolis area wants a place to go pick up any kind of whiskey that you want, definitely hit up Southlandale. They have a lot of good selection and their staff is super knowledgeable. So if you don't know what you're doing, they'll point you in the right direction. They have um, I don't know if they're still doing tastings or not, but they were doing tastings before uh, the pandemic. But I haven't. I haven't asked or even tried uh, to, to see if I can taste. Probably not. <laughs> yeah, that would be my assumption as well. But the alcohol content of the stuff that you're tasting, you never know. Um, we were just stumbling upon uh, a couple of different bottles that we were looking for. Um, I picked up more than one bottle uh, that day. Um, but I ended, we ended up finding this very old Barton, which is an allocated whiskey. It's not easy to come by at least in our area uh it might be easier to come by across different places in the country but uh the mash bill for it's uh like roughly like 75 percent corn 15 percent rye and 10 percent malted barley um so what that's going to mean is that it's going to have that really sweet flavor profile with a little bit of spice from the the rye uh and then the malted barley is just going to add like the, the complex like finishing notes from what i've been uh getting of like the cinnamon the clove and some of the vanilla bean flavors um so what we're going to do is we're, we're going to take a, a nice little gander at the whiskey right now and, and let's see how it goes. Uh, this is the first time I've, I've actually had this. I haven't been able to find a bottle of this in a while. So, um, Oh, and fun thing for anybody who's out there who does try and go and find a whiskey like this, very old Barton is really, really, really reasonably priced. Uh, I wouldn't even say like, reasonably priced. I would say it's cheap, cheap. Uh, yeah, it's it cheap. is the budget pick of almost every whiskey and bourbon website. Uh, that I've been following for the last five years. Uh, if you can find it, pick it up. I think the leader that I bought was seventeen dollars. Yeah, I bought the slightly smaller size at twelve fifty. I think for the seven fifty. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, the color is gorgeous. It's a nice, like, nice kind of orangey caramel color. Yeah, yeah. It's um, and then uh, on the same note, you're talking caramel and a little bit of apple um, on the nose are the main notes that I pick up from it. Yeah, I get a little bit like um, like uh, vanilla that's probably related to the caramel. Yep, yep. Um, and then on the palate, I get a lot of fruit notes right on the first taste. So orange, get, yeah. some brown sugar uh, towards the finished vanilla bean. It's really mellow. So the vanilla bean is really prominent to me. Mm -hmm. I like it a lot. Yeah, it's it's really good. Uh, I will say the the couple of things to keep in mind with this whiskey in particular is that they do make it in a bunch of different proofs. Uh, we got our hands on a couple of bottles of the eighty six proof, so I just wanted to call that right up front. We don't have the bottled and bond or the hundred proof that they make, so we got the low proof stuff. It's it's a really easy sipper. Um, I could see myself making a, a nice Manhattan or a nice old fashioned with this. This would be a, a good cocktail making whiskey, but it's definitely one that you can sit and sip as well. But on the end and, and towards the finish of it, I get more of a cinnamon and kind of clovey, uh, more of a Christmas flavor uh, right at the right on the back end finish of it. And it's actually a fairly short finish uh, compared to the last few whiskeys we've drank, which have had really long finishes on them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they just hang around with you until you know, the next, you know, the next week, uh, as yeah. one of my friends used to say, uh, when we drink George tag together, it's, this thing is high enough proof that I'm, I'm going to have a hangover for the next month after having one drink of it. Um, <laughs> just because it sticks with you for that long. Um, big fan, big fan of the very old mm -hmm. Barton for the, the budget price. Uh, I would recommend it if you can find it, it, but just like we've done in the past, uh, in a past episode when uh, our friend Cody was on, uh, if you can, can't find very old Barton, the other budget pick always is Evan Williams bottled in bond. Uh, yeah. It is 1750 for a one seven five of it. And it is absolutely phenomenal. So I'll always throw that plug in whenever I can, if you need a nice budget absolutely. bottle of whiskey to make yeah, good cocktails. Remarkable. Yeah. Make <laughs> cocktails really to sip on. Uh, throwing a hot toddy, whatever it is, you like that higher proof for now that we're moving into the fall and winter months to make some more warm drinks. Uh, always go with a higher proof because it's going to stand out a little bit more within that drink that you're making. So, 
Absolutely. This is a good call, Matt. I'm glad you told me to pick up this bottle. <laughs> I'm happy we found it. It was interesting because yeah. we walked by and I like I eyed it and I'm like, ah, very old Barton. I'm gonna come back to that. I gotta see if there's anything else more important. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And then it's like, nope, there's nothing else more important because everybody's coming in and buying it because that's all we all we can do right now is sit at home and drink. So <laughs> sometimes that's what it feels like. <laughs> yeah. Especially now that we're moving yeah. into moving into the winter months uh that's right except for us here in in minnesota we've moved from summer to a fall of like two days and then we got nine inches of snow and now we're moving back to summer this week yeah who you knows know, what's going on 60s yeah it's a sneak preview and yeah yeah mm-hmm. exactly exactly <laughs> it's the earliest i've had like my boots and my winter gear like ready to go you know I like, yeah, dude. I, oh my god, I had to unpack everything like right away. I was like, oh my god, seriously? Like, I'm getting out snow pants because the yeah. kids are losing their mind. Like, we gotta get outside, it's snowing. Woo! Yeah, yeah. I had to wait for the snow to melt to rake my leaves. <laughs> it ain't nothing like raking snow, right? Yeah, not a good time. Um, yeah, I, I like freaked out when we got all that snow and like went out to my shed and got my snow blower out, fired it up right away. <laughs> Like after summarizing, not would you say summarizing it? Because you don't winterize a snowblower. Um, no, you don't really do. Um, I, I guess you just kind of just get it ready for storage. You fuel, <laughs> you, you, you fuel stabilize it. I don't know what, what we're going to call <laughs> yeah. it. It makes the most. Yeah, yeah. This is the most. It, it summers in the shed. We'll say that. <laughs> That's right. That's right. This is the most dad conversation that we've had on the podcast so far. Um, yeah, pretty much. Uh, but yeah, like I, I got it out, like fired it up, fired up right on the first first crank over. And then three days later, the snow was gone. I'm like, well, I freaked out for no reason. Um, hey, man, you got to get prepared. Yep. <laughs> it's true. Living that dad life now. I mean, you're you're what? You're a month in. Yeah, almost two. Almost two yeah. months. We're coming up on two months in like a week, which is... Dude, I don't know. Yeah, I don't have concept of time, so I don't know. Yeah, you're right. I don't either. <laughs> the days are the days are long, but the weeks are short. I mean, that's that's yep. really the best thing that's ever ever been told to me. So, yeah. um, Speaking of days being long and weeks being short, uh, it's time for us to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. Excellent. We already heard from Bang. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's our sponsors. And we're back. All right. Well, we're moving on to the hashtag. What is it? Dad stuff. Is that right? Hashtag dad stuff. Hashtag I don't dad, know. Dad life. Dad life now. Dad talk. Hashtag dad life with a Y. Um, <laughs> dad life. Um, we uh, were tackling a, a topic that the three of us all hold near and dear to our heart and it's mental health. And I just wanted to throw a quick disclaimer out there. Um, Matt, Matt and Ian, uh, we are not health professionals or doctors. Um, we wanted to say if you feel, if you're in immediate danger or if you're in need of any help, uh, please call the national prevention of suicide hotline at 800-273-8255 or talk with your provider um, to get some help. We're here. We have some resources that we'll be supplying out from from there, but uh, we don't have any medical training and we're not professionals when it comes to that stuff. So we're legitimately just doing what everybody else would do and research on the Internet, uh, whether it's from WebMD or any other resources about postpartum uh, for dads in particular, because it's a, it's a topic that we feel hasn't been covered enough in most of the stuff that we've been reading uh, and even from people that we've talked to. Uh, I myself, I'm in a unique predicament. Ian and Matt, uh, you both know this. I have a mood disorder. Uh, so I've been on really high alert since we had our kid uh, and making sure that like I've set myself up for success to get enough rest because I know for me, if I'm not sleeping, that's the number one sign for me that I'm not going to be at my best for my wife and for my daughter. Um so for me, my tactics have changed over the time. I'm more than happy to share them a little bit later on, but uh, I know 
Ian, I don't know if you have anything you want to share right out of the gates uh, to talk about well, like what your, your experience has been. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I've had, I, I, <clears throat> there's some, uh, there's some anxiety, some depression kinds of things, maybe more of like a general anxiety disorder that may, might be more prevalent in my family than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, that and ADHD, um, which I didn't realize I had until after my son was already born. Uh, so I was in my thirties or, or pushing 30 by the time I even realized that I had ADHD, I was just able to cope with it until I wasn't able to. Um, and the stress of being a new dad and being at home, uh, I was basically a stay at home dad for, uh, the first, uh, Oh boy, I'm probably going to get this wrong. And Lindsay's going to tell me about it. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Uh, I, it would have been, space. Yeah, exactly. It would have been somewhere between like the six month and on mark for about a year. I was a stay at home dad for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that time I, I was, I struggled. Um, I struggled with staying clear mentally, finding motivation for certain things and also feeling like I was being an effective dad. I felt like I was basically just treading water or, or, you know, like drowning, not waving. Mm. Um, yeah. And, uh, partially because I, I just didn't know, I kind of didn't know what to do and where we were living at the time, there wasn't anybody that was close to us that we were friends with. So I didn't have anybody to talk to. I didn't have, or I didn't feel like I did. I did, but I didn't feel like I did. So I was in kind of a place of, of, I just need to make it through today. And, but I was like that for a very, very long time. Um, and so I was, I struggled. I struggled with a little bit with, um, with alcohol, with, um, negative outlook, just general negative worldview. Um, just being dishonest, just kind of being a shitty person. Um, and, but doing my best, what I thought was my best at the time. Um, until I finally just kind of like lost it and told Lindsay about all like just, I don't feel good about myself. I don't feel good with, with the finances of our house. I don't feel good with drinking. I don't feel good about my body. I don't feel good about where I'm at. And she's just like, okay, well then let's, let's let, and she was like the most amazing, most supportive, um, that anybody could ask for in a situation like that. Um, and I went, started to go to therapy, um, which, the therapist ultimately was going to see diagnosed with ADHD was a little weird though. So I stopped seeing her pretty shortly <laughs> after probably four or five sessions. And it was, there's yeah. some projection issues, some weirdness. Yeah. yeah. You got to find Therapy's the right person that tricky, you're comfortable yeah. with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the, the nice thing about it though, was that it, it did shed a light on the fact that I do have ADHD tendencies or I do have full blown ADHD. I'm not sure which one it actually is. Um, but I was just coping. Yeah. Um, by trying to slow my brain down. Mm-hmm. Um, but having that revelation, having that, re- that realization allowed me to kind of get a hold on things and having the support of Lindsay, who was able to be, be like, look, you have to take care of yourself because I'm working all the time. And like, what the hell else are you going to do? Like, you got to get your shit together. There's, there's only, you only have so much time. Your son is really young. And then shortly thereafter, she ended up being pregnant again with our second. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, okay, like I I really have, I got to get my shit together. Like I don't have time for this. Um, And not to say that if you're struggling, that you don't have time to figure out what you're doing. But in my case, I needed the kick in the ass to push forward. Um, and so then what I ended up doing is I started to lean into going to the gym. I started to lean into eating better. I started to lean into being outside. Um, and, and I, it it changed everything for me. Um, but even still, like there's still times that I struggle, especially now, like with, with how the world has shifted, Mm -hmm. um, and with quarantine and with, with the COVID, the response of the United States to COVID, it's just like, man, <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah. Um, but but yeah, so that's that's a it's a long winded story, but that's that was that's kind of what happened to me um, shortly after 
shortly after being being in a situation where I was a stay-at-home dad and isolated. Yeah, thanks for sharing. So, um, yeah, my, my advice to people would be, though, if you feel isolated, there are more people that care about you than you know. And But what you have to do is you have to reach out and it's scary and it's uncomfortable and it's, it's honestly, it's, it feels debilitating, but the actual, but the reality is, is it's not debilitating. You can, you can send a text. Yeah. You can make a short call to your mom. If you're comfortable, you can make a short call to a friend who, you know, has no judgment for you. Um, You can do those things and it can be that bright spot that lets you take a step into the next day yeah and you can keep doing it yeah and i I think the best way to summarize that is it's okay to not be okay Mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah i'm not okay all the fucking time i'm not okay (laughs) i'm rarely okay most most days (laughs) since we've been in the pandemic right um yeah man it's been it's been not an easy transition from you know being social and being out and about and seeing people even though i'm not a very social person um, to moving into the realm of, all right, I'm going to be a dad. And then now I am a dad and everything is completely changed. Um, and the world's still absolutely 100% upside down from what it should be. Um, and in all reality, I I'm not okay. Like, and I know that, and that's something that Courtney knows as well is that I'm working on stuff and like, we're trying to, I'm trying to figure out myself. I'm trying to figure out this stuff. Um, and we've been keeping an eye out for each other to make sure that, you know, if it's the percentages from what I've been researching are a lot higher. If one partner in a relationship develops some sort of postpartum depression, yep. mm-hmm. the, the percentages are significantly higher that the other partner is going to develop it as well, because you have become, this is me theorizing you become innately in tuned with your partner during the first kind of bonding period, the first months of bonding with your child. Yeah. Well, um, your reality is just completely inextricable at that point. Yeah. So that's, we've been, we've been trying to maintain that for each other and, and trying to maintain each other's sanity and keep an eye out for the symptoms and the signs. And um, the crazy thing for us is that we have neighbors even in our, on our block that are like, if you guys need anything at all, like we've dealt with postpartum depression, we've dealt with these mm-hmm. things. If you need just somebody to yeah. talk to you, that's not your partner call, yeah. text us. Like we can do an outdoor yeah. hang. Like the fact that like the community, yeah. they tr- people like the people that tried to build the community around it is so important. And people don't realize how important that community still is. Even during this time that we can't be with each other. Um, it's not social distancing. It's physical distancing. We can mm-hmm. still be social. We have to yeah. take the steps to make sure that we are taking care of each other during these periods. So that's, that's important and yeah. that's huge. And I think that's probably the biggest call that you had Ian was more people care about you than you realize. And part of the reason I wanted to talk about this too is, was I, I, there needs to be a removal of the stigma surrounding mental health issues. Correct. Um, there is so much talking about like, you know, the pull yourself up by your bootstrap, which is just a nonsensical like common colloquialism like you like the whole point of the pull yourself up by your bootstraps notion is that it's impossible like you can't do yep. that if you're sitting on the ground how do you pull mm-hmm. yourself up by holding onto your bootstraps it's just dumb you can't do it alone yeah but the whole idea is like it's so important to have a community and it's so important to remove the stigma of feeling shitty like you can be depressed you can be generally anxious you can be like you can have OCD. You can have some some other type of 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 mental health. You can just be neuroatypical, and that's fine. Yeah, there's nothing right. wrong with that, and it's okay to not be okay, like you're saying. And but we have to feel like we're not alone. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you now, you're not. You're just not. <laughs> you're not alone. So many people are dealing with it, whether you're a dad or not, whether like in any situation that you find yourself in, there is somebody else who is going through it or has gone through it and you can find resources about it. It's really powerful to hear you tell that story, Ian, or just that framing of how your experience was, because by the time I had met you, 
I mean, you were just to me like such an idealized, grounded, you know, partner and dad and everything else. So like, you know, it, it both, I'm sure it's both a matter of like, that's how far you came. And then also just how hard it is to just really see the situation people are in as well. Absolutely. I mean, when you, when you, and I appreciate you saying that, like that, that actually means a lot to me. Um, but like it, the thing is like, you only show so much to people sometimes. Um, and I think that the reality is often a lot messier than it appears of course. at first glance, you know, yeah. it's, it's like seeing, it's like the ripple on top of the pond that you look beneath and there's all a shitload of mm-hmm. weeds and fish and yeah. <laughs> whatever Cans. else is down there. There's a whole lot of stuff that's underneath it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I think, um, you know, the social media effect it definitely has amplified the mm-hmm. perfectness of everybody. Uh, so that's something sure. that we have to remember as well in our day and age that everybody goes through struggles, whether it's through their marriage or with parenting with their kids um, or just being comfortable as themselves, or even into the point of dealing with something in the mental health realm in that spectrum. It's not just uh, a kind of specialized or localized kind of thing for a person. And I think that is the one beauty, at least in my opinion, from what I've seen, the beauty from the pandemic is that it has started to lift the veil from what generalized anxiety or what depression or what those Mm -hmm. different standard mental health things that people talk about are it's lifted a lot of that stigma because more and more people are like, all right, we have to talk about this now. And the reason why we have to talk about it is because we're all stuck inside. We're all stuck in our homes. We've been stuck in our homes for eight months now. And that's insane. Yep. That we are, we're sitting here and there's still people that don't think that mental health is as important as physical health. So keep that in mind as we're like for anybody that's listening, keep that in mind that like we're making strides, but it's not moving as fast as in my opinion, as I would like it, like to see it, the removal of the stigma, but know that if you're struggling with something, even talking to a trusted friend, a coworker, a family member, uh, you know, a, a, somebody that, you know, like a, a pastor or anybody like that, being able to talk to those people and share your story if you're struggling with something, that's a step in the right direction already for removing stigma because it puts a face to something that, like, you would have had no idea. The amount of people, and Matt, you've probably seen this as well um, since we are coworkers. The amount of people that when I've said, like, I have a mood disorder, they're like, no, what? You do? Mm-hmm. We all get so used to hiding behind a face. Yeah. That, like, you you would just never expect it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that's, that's kind of a good lead in here for us to, to talk to you, Matt. Um, do you have anything you would like to share about your your stuff with mental health. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Or if any experiences that you might have. Totally. Um, It's interesting, like just the situation we're in now, it's just that feeling of like the tides got so high. It just feels like everyone is confronting whatever form of, you know, struggle that they have. Um, It's just like that pressure cooker that kind of got everyone there. And so it's, I don't know. It's, I like going into becoming a dad was really scary for me um, because like in my twenties, I had like an extreme manic episode that lasted for weeks and just completely upended my entire life and like the course that I was on. And uh, it was really hard to recover from. And it was brought on by like stress and lack of sleep. And so, you know, my sense of like what it was to have a kid was like, well, it's really stressful and like you don't sleep. And so I had been in remission for my bipolar uh, because that's, you know, I had that diagnosis in my 20s. I had been in remission for years and it was just this huge mental block and, you know, 
the decision to like, can I even be a parent, you know, in a responsible, like good way. And I think just like that in itself, like really was hard on the relationship. Cause it was like, just, we'd reached that point, but I just like had that fear. And so, you know, once it was happening, it was just this kind of question of like, what's the, you know, how do we maintain this, this delicate balance, you know, like how do, how do I, yeah participate how do i contribute but like how do i also not just completely blow it and uh you know it was really hard um the especially like right when he was born it was just this insane confluence of events like i was we were living in california we didn't have a permanent address i had just finished an internship was kind of thinking maybe a job could come from it it didn't so it was just kind of this thing like we had to go back there was still a job but like we had to find a place and it was just it like was that stupid thing that like all makes sense on paper and then like you're like you wake up to that plan that you set out for yourself months ago and you're just like, who, who, who would do this? This is like clearly <laughs> insane. Like this is complete sabotage, you know? Uh, so it was just like the, we, it was cool. Cause I guess like we kind of like got to like rebuild the hierarchy of needs, you know, like <laughs> find a place to live and then, yeah. you know, put your stuff in it. And it was just, it was really terrifying and just the existential whiplash of being responsible for a baby, you know, it was really difficult and he yeah. got sick and, you know, um, she, my wife got sick and it was just like really scary. Um, but, you know, my parents came and like once we were, you know, looking for a place back in Minneapolis, just like we, they helped us kind of settle in and, um, you know, it just, it, it took a long time, I think, to adjust, uh, to, you know, how it was all going to work and had some luck, ran into my, you know, friend, Matt Rose, and he helped me out like with a career that was a lot more like suitable. Um, just cause like where I was working, I just had hours that were already just kind of unstable and um, just having more flexibility to kind of adjust my schedule like that was kind of ultimately like what made it work in the long run. But it's just still just a constant uh, battle of just kind of figuring out like, you know, what's the right level of, you know, kind of dipping into that well of, you know, pulling an all nighter or whatever the case may be to be the good partner. Yeah, that's hey man, you're exactly exactly. He was crying <laughs> that's until like the... four minutes before we started. <laughs> <laughs> that's been. God, I been will there. say that's been the struggle for me with all of this, right? Like managing a mood disorder, um, having bipolar myself. You know, like we've talked about this a mm -hmm. lot, Matt. It's trying to figure out what that that find balance is because i have to sleep mm -hmm. at night like there's no ifs ands or buts mm -hmm. about it like i have to sleep at night and if i don't like i'm like that's the first thing and like what the first time that we got back like it was like the first week we were back from the hospital um and i haven't shared this out really outside of anybody besides courtney and i um i was exhausted from being in the hospital and being up yep. and not getting a ton of yep. sleep uh, we were there for four days and, you know, Courtney went through a lot. It's birth is amazing, but it's traumatic as oh, well. Yeah. And we were just shot and I hit a point that I honestly was on the brink. I could feel myself on the brink of going into a manic episode. And I said, I just looked at Courtney and said, I have to sleep. I'm on the brink of a manic episode right now. Like, and I'm not like trying to do this to scare mm -hmm. you. I'm just trying to communicate with you. This is what's mm -hmm. happening. And I went upstairs and I slept for 12 and a half hours and my body reset. Yeah. And I was lucky. That's the only word that I have yeah. for it. Lucky. Because I could have very well just said to myself, if it was five years earlier, I'll be fine. I'll push through it. I won't go into a manic episode and just be naive about mm -hmm. it. But when we brought her home, it changed my 
level of responsibility that I, and, and like the accountability level that I, I, I set for myself. Mm-hmm. Right. So I have to be at my best for her and for my wife, but we're still, you know, we're only seven weeks in of having her at home. So we're still figuring out our balance and I feel bad because I feel like I, I there's not much I can do. I feel like I should be doing more and I'm back yeah. at work. Uh, so like, that's another dynamic, but mm-hmm. I'm home, but I'm really busy with work. So I'm trying to figure, we're just trying to figure out those different dynamics that we have at play right yeah. now. And yeah. being in a pandemic, like my only social outlet is the podcast and playing video games with my friends online. And that's it because we can't go see anybody. So it's also having to blend that time of like, I want to spend time with my wife and daughter, but I also need to have my, you know, my blow off steam time and play some games with, with friends and, and drink some whiskey with y'all. I mean, that's the way that I look at it, but I guess like, how did both of you fight those like guilty urges when you're taking time for yourself, when you see your wife waking up every two to three hours to feed your kid and like her being fully invested and doing that stuff. Like, how do you break that cycle of like, Oh my God, I'm not like, I, I, I'm not bonding enough with my kid. I like, I'm not a good enough dad. Like, how do you fight that yeah. stuff? Like since you've been through it and it's different for everybody, but like, I just, you just never do is from what I'm taking from Ian's laughter. Yeah, I'm not trying to be a dick. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, yeah. I fight it every day. And I have for my my oldest is six. And I still think about yeah. it pretty much every single day. I, I don't know when I'm not going to think about, am I doing good enough? You should think that, though. I, I Because I, I don't know... Right, and I think that may, that maybe that's maybe that's the mark of somebody yeah. who who gives a shit about their kids. Maybe it's not, but it might be. But the other thing is like, man, like we're 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 all in this weird situation together. Like, like my oldest is going to kindergarten virtually. Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't make sense. Like kindergarten, does he have more Zoom meetings than you do? Virtual <laughs> learning. Oh, absolutely. Man. He has way more, way more FaceTimes, way more Google Hangout meetings. Just wait. Just wait until he comes in and goes, ah, this should have been mm-hmm. an email. He's so much faster <laughs> at exiting the Zoom meeting. Man, well, if he, knew how, if he knew how to read and write, he probably would. <laughs> um, but he, he's working on that currently. I'm, I'm expecting by the end of next year that he'll, he'll know that this should have <laughs> just mm-hmm. been an email. Mm-hmm. Um, but sign him up, but, get him I mean, that corporate but the reality, <laughs> Dude, he's ready. He's ready. Um, he's got a good enough vocabulary, a good enough sense of bullshit that he could probably do it. Um, <laughs> but, but man, the thing is, is like, so like, I, I am still struggling with this. I'm currently struggling with this exact idea of how do I take care of myself and also take care of my family simultaneously? Mm-hmm. How do I balance those things simultaneously? Because there are things that people need and there are sometimes there are compromises that you as an adult man have to make that you as a parent have to make that where your needs don't come first, they might not even come 15th. But there are other times where you have to recognize, okay, well, I'm in this place now because I've put my needs to last for however long it's been. It could be 10 minutes. It could be 15 days. It could be three years. And there's a breaking point and you'll know it when you hit it. The problem is is that you want to try and Mm -hmm. recognize it before you hit it. Um, Luckily, I, my, my wife is excellent about saying like, Hey, you seem Mm -hmm. like you're not doing good. (laughs) So what do you need to do to do better? Like, cause I, I got in a a little, little bicycle accident a couple months back now. I don't know how long it's been. I have no concept of time again. It was like six weeks Um, ago, I think, but I remember right. Yeah. It was like right, right when we came back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds about right. Um, and and I it prevented me from doing the normal things that I do in terms of, of self care, in terms of working out and fitness and and the resulting was I ate the same way I was eating and I gained weight. 
right? And so now I'm struggling to get rid of that weight that I've gained through some some serious self-care of working out as I need to and trying to not feel ashamed or trying to not feel guilty mm-hmm. of taking the time to do that. Because those things are important because fitness helps me sleep better, keeps my mind in a better, it keeps me in a better mood. It keeps my, my brain clearer, it removes some of the fog of this quarantine, this life, and also ADHD. So it's like, what do you, do you need to start to try and like, I'm not saying you need to write things down, but you do need to kind of make a note of where are my limits? Because you'll hit your limits and you'll probably exceed your limits multiple times. And I usually get sick, but since I don't see anybody, I don't really get sick anymore. I just get cranky and mm-hmm. yeah, I get like super stressed <laughs> out and I get, I get yeah. like agitated is the yeah. right word. Yeah. That's super bipolar. And snappy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right? And, yeah. And like, I get snappy yeah. with people and, and, when I hit my limit, when I hit like my absolute limit, like last night I hit my limit, like when my mom was here and I was just, yeah, I was just an asshole. It's like overstimulation to my too. wife and yeah. my mother. Yep. Yep. And that's one of the things that like, and, and I've the... noticed myself, like I get overstimulated very easily and it's just something that is just the, just who I am mm-hmm. as a human being that like I get to the point that like I can't even have mm-hmm. people touch me because I'm yep. so stimulated mm-hmm. and I just need to like go into a dark quiet room and just chill for like 15 minutes and I'll be fine. It's hard mm-hmm. to do that um, from time to time now. Yeah, it is. It is hard to do that. The, the thing that you have to remember is part of the reason you get so aggressive and or so like not necessarily aggressive agitated or, or, or upset with your wife is probably because generally speaking, you feel safe. Mm-hmm. But the other thing to remember is that that response that you have mm-hmm. is a negative impact yep. on your wife. Oh, I'm aware. And so as much as you can, no, no, I, I know you are. I know you are. And I'm just saying this more for, for the broader, the broader audience. But like, I, I do that same thing. I do the same thing where I'm like, Lindsay Lesbeck, like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm totally fine. Like, and, and in my response, I'm already, already, you know, coding. Mm-hmm. Clearly I am not fine, but that it doesn't matter if, if I'm not fine. I can say, no, I'm not okay. I don't know why I'm upset. I don't, I am feeling negative. I'm feeling agitated. I can, you can say all those things, but you need to say those things because yeah. you need to let them know it's not yep. their fault. It's super important. And and it and it feels kind of stupid when you say it out loud because all of a sudden it takes the wind out of your sails of your aggression and of your anger because all of a sudden you're like oh I don't really actually have much of a reason to be this much of an asshole but that's actually a good yeah. thing that's worthwhile it's like having a stomach ache <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's exactly it once you start yeah, to tell like, somebody hey, you have I have a like a migraine right painful. now like it's the same very similar even like the reactions Mm -hmm. and stuff are similar i think for me like one thing and this is is ongoing it's it's something that like i think you should always ask like am i doing a good enough job because honestly like call me an idealist but the way i look at it it's just like ideally you'd be spending all of your time with your kid like ideally and so like anything short of that is already a compromise and so like for me it's just a question of like how much you know optimization are you like able to do or like whatever just to like try and find those moments and obviously like y'all need to be selfish we need to do those things for ourselves but like i'm in a similar boat where like you know handles the nights with him and i think what's important is when there's a pretty major concession like that that you are conscious of that and that you find ways to offset it. Like, I know that it might seem like kind of transactional, but I think it's important to look for ways. So it's like, okay, I need to go to bed at this certain time. Is is it possible maybe to wake up early to like let her sleep in a little bit longer? And maybe you have that time to kind of bond. Um, That was something that was really helpful for me. Um, After the first few months, once we kind of got settled in, the weather got nice and I would take, 
And so out and we would go for a walk every morning. I had him in a baby carrier and we would walk for close to two hours and that would give her time to, you know, sleep in or have coffee or just like give her some time. The the hard part is, is Clara is an excellent Mm -hmm. sleeper. So we are extremely lucky Mm -hmm. there and it may change, but, um, Courtney's not struggling right now for sleep. So like, that's the thing. Like I I will, I, I, that was like our original intention. Like, Hey, I'll take over in the morning before I have to go to work. And like, I'll do all this stuff so you can actually get a couple hours of rest. Like when we first were at home when she was, um, when she was fussy in the mornings, I would take her and go downstairs and we'd hang out and we'd, you know, we'd do stuff. Um, but, and so Courtney could get at least, you know, a few hours, extra hours of sleep until it was time Mm -hmm. to eat again. And then she, she started developing and, and growing and, and, you know, she's getting enough food now that like, she's chill. She's just chill. That's great. Like she sleeps like it's strange. Like she, like when she's fussy, it's like, who are you? (laughs) Like this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. What are you doing? You're fussing right now. Come on, baby. Just be chill. Be your chill (laughs) self. So that's been the, that's been the big thing for us is like, I have to figure out other ways that Uh I can give back. Whether that's taking cleaning, out the trash, totally. and cleaning, yep. and doing all these other things, which I'm <laughs> not good at, like just completely open and honest, like I'm the worst person at cleaning, yeah, and I'm gonna have to. At it. That's about. I enjoy, that's, I that's, that's, no yeah, that's one about of the few things I'm able to contribute. Hey man, do. Dude, as your kids get older, yep. cleaning is kind of a respite. Like you get you get a little bit of time, like laundry, chill, totally mm-hmm. chill time. Oh yeah, fucking cleaning the kitchen, cleaning bathrooms. You can throw on one one headphone, keep an ear out. Yeah, screams. I'll admit. Yeah, I'll admit. <laughs> I, my wife always gives me the choice between like bath, bedtime, and the kitchen. I'm always like kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean that's well, it, it, we're still figuring it out. Yeah, well, she's seven weeks right. old, and I'm going to tell you, we're we're six years into this, journey and you're still figuring kids. it out. We're three, <laughs> yeah. It's not we have, we it's not it's not 100 solid yet. I know that I do I do bedtime, uh, most most bedtime, most of the bedtime routine, um. I do most of the baths and like, but Linz does a lot of like meal prep, baking, cleaning, a shitload of cleaning, more cleaning than I could probably, than I even fathom. And now that she's in school, it's like, I'm like, Oh, that didn't, uh, that didn't get clean. And I'm like, Oh, that's because I never have had to clean that before. And Lindsay just in the midst of doing 15 million other things, forgot to clean it. And maybe I should pick up the slack. Like, (laughs) Like, but that's still going mm-hmm. on, you know what I mean? Because like life isn't static, and it's never going to be. You're gonna figure out a routine, yep, it's and insane. then your baby's gonna break yep. that routine. Yeah, it's constant. It's gonna happen. Um, and it, there, there will never uh-huh. be, there will never be a time where you're like, oh, I got this. <laughs> like for a long period of time, like we had a couple of good weeks where the kids were sleeping really well and everything was going great, and everybody's falling asleep very well, right away. But like. We still got a nap with our young one, and but we don't have naps with the old one, so that's kind of a weird routine, right? Because you got to tell them like, "Hey, time to go to take a nap." I'm like that's the deal now, and the bedtime is now shifted suddenly because mm-hmm. there's mental leaps that are happening with the smaller one. So he's freaking out at the middle of the night, like come, like coming to like, be like I want to sleep with you guys now. I'm like, what? you're you didn't sleep with us for two and a half years yeah like why are you wanting to sleep in our bed now like that stuff constantly happens and the the changes especially the sleep patterns are going to happen constantly until they get really comfortable until they get a lot older and yeah yeah it always seems like they gain a new superpower after it's crazy man it's it's yeah exactly yeah it's like a long drawn out Uh period of like kind of chaotic energy coming from your kid 
And all of a sudden they're like, oh, by the way, I can speak in full sentences. Yeah. That <laughs> also, I can count yeah. to 100 now. And you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> when did that happen? Like, I don't even remember counting with you. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, it's awesome, man. Like, it's, that's the cool part, though. Like, that's the payoff of it. At the end of it, there's like, there is like a carrot on the stick. Yep. It's just a, and you a just have to be like, carrot. when it's yeah. terrible, yeah. you just have to be like, this, is, this isn't going to be permanent. Like, the one we're going through right now. And so uh, turns yep. two uh, in a couple days and in the last week he has apparently learned how to whine um which was not a, an issue previously and we're both like in <laughs> denial like especially my wife just keeping, like, i think he's she keeps taking his temperature she's like i'm pretty sure he's oh, sick dude. he's not normally this this whiny this is not how he's actually going to be this is just like he's i'm pretty sure he's sick like it's <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. No, no, he's getting payoff right now. He's getting attention. <laughs> that's so funny. That's so that's a that's a perfect metaphor for it. It's like that that's and that's the parent in you. There you're yep. like, no no, this ain't right. I gotta fix this. Yep. <laughs> There's no fixing kids being kids. Like my boys tonight were in the basement <laughs> yelling at each other in gibberish. Because they were being mice. <laughs> because they were watching Cinderella at some point. Yes. Mice talk in partial gibberish. And so they're just in the basement, just like like yelling noises at each other. And I'm like up in the kitchen, like, what is happening right now? Like, are, are our kids okay? Like, but then you go down there, they're like laughing and having a good time. But like when you're hearing it from, from like a, another person's perspective, yeah. like a third person perspective, you're like, what they're is demonic. happening? These children are absolute chaos. And yeah, it's wild, man. <laughs> it's fantastic and wild. <laughs> well, Ian, um, if we're going to loop back to the, uh, the, the mental health topic, um, did you put together resources that we can throw in the show notes? Do you want to talk about uh, any of them? Yeah, I really do. Yeah. There's um, first of all, there's a, there's a website called postpartum.net. Um, and while postpartum is kind of an outdated term, it's more like peripartum is, is a more accurate description. Um, basically what it means is, is, is postpartum.net is a resource for people who are dealing with either their children that are currently born or are about to be born or whatever. They have resources for you to be able to get into touch in touch with peer counselors. So people who have either a gone through it or are going through it. Um, and there's kind of different chapters throughout the country. So there's a specific, like for us, there'd be twin cities, uh, um, postpartum international network. Um, there's also, um, a direct call in time for the first Monday of every month. Uh, 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. There is a dad's chat that happens with a, uh, a, a licensed psychologist uh, who is also a father. Um, and that call-in number is 1-800-944-8766. And the code is 73162. I will, uh, and I'll make sure to throw um, these into the show notes. So that way people can have absolutely. access to this. And I'll put the website up too. So that way people can go and explore this. So if you're, you're dealing with any of these, if you're dealing with any issues, uh, postpartum as a dad, um, use this. Uh, this is something that I was not aware of, uh, until we started talking about it, Ian, and I'm going to look into it as well because it's real, it's real for everything from generalized anxiety disorder to, you know, OCD or even PTSD. Um, there's always a chance yeah. that like 10 it's what is it like one in 10. Yep. One in 10 dad gets postpartum depression or up to 18% uh, develop a clinically significant it's crazy. anxiety disorder. Yeah. It's, it's way more common yeah. than people realize. And it's way more common than, than it, speaking from a male's perspective mm-hmm. than we will admit to. And that's unfortunate because it's stupid. That's stupid. <laughs> like we, as, as a group of, of people, can be better about it. Like if you're feeling hopeless, if you're feeling lost, if you're feeling alone, like there are 
tons of resources out there to help you connect, to help you get a better grasp on reality, to help you get a better grasp on parenthood and being a dad or being a husband, whatever it happens to be. There's so much out there for you. And there's so much out there that can help you. Um, this postpartum, uh, postpartum.net has a lot of resources, um, both for if you're seeing signs in your partner or if you're feeling like there's something off in you, there are ways that you can reach out. Like, I mean, what can be more, more anonymous than a random group phone call with people that you're never going to see in person <laughs> with a doctor who's there, who's, who's, sole reason to be there is to answer questions about being a dad or to talk about some stuff that's bothering you. Like that's the whole point. Like that's, that's, that's the dream, right? That there. is the dream. Um, we say that a lot, okay, man. but that is um, the dream. Yeah. That's great. Like, um, the, yeah, but there's tons of resources like, I, and you can go on there and you can get in touch with a peer. You can get in touch with Facebook groups that all have access to, um, um, different group meetups, or in this case, since we're in quarantine and the world is burning, um, there are resources you can do for Zoom calls, that you can do for group chats, for group threads on Facebook or on Discord, or all this stuff. Like, there's everything is out there and it's available and it's awesome. So, you are not alone. There are people that are dealing with the same stuff you're dealing with, and, and you, can, you can get help and you can get camaraderie, you can get solidarity out there. So, Yeah, awesome. that's my spiel. <laughs> well, thanks for compiling those resources. Like I said, I'll make sure that that people have access to them so they can see them once we get this posted tomorrow. Um, it's Sunday for us. Cool, it's man. late on a Sunday evening because all of the kids have been crazy all of the days. <laughs> so <laughs> tomorrow really means Monday, uh, November second is when this will get posted. Yeah. So. Day before election also, day, which you all know what that means. Go vote. Please go vote. I don't care where or how you vote. Go vote. Um, if you need resources, yep. if you're uh, in Minnesota, yeah, if you're in Minnesota, you can't mail in your ballot you, anymore. It's too late. The state legislature passed a crazy bill that says it can't be postmarked. It has to be delivered by November 3rd, which means that if you have a mail-in ballot and you haven't sent it in, you have to go to a drop box or you have to take it to a polling place and go and vote in person with your absentee ballot in hand. Please remember that. Yes. Secretary of State website for your state. Look it up. They'll have all the voting rules on it. If there's ballot drop boxes available, that's what you'll need as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. thanks for having me, guys. Hey, Benio. Thanks for we being on the podcast, you. bud. Definitely. Absolutely. Let's do it again, huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, so with that, thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, we really appreciate the time, uh, Matt, once again. Ian, as always, it's been fun. Uh, we'll leave it at that for the evening. Uh day whenever you're listening to this wherever you're listening to this from uh, make sure you go on to your podcast uh, listening application that you're using uh, rate us give us five stars if you would like uh, it helps us to get more listeners on the podcast if you're enjoying it uh, feel free to refer it uh, to any other friends or any dads that are out there that maybe want to listen or learn a little bit more uh, one of the cool features of anchor is a ask a question feature so you can record a question to have it sent into us on the show so we can chat about it if you want to talk to us about it um or if you have any recommendations for any other whiskeys we should try to get uh we're always open to see if we can get our hands on them and talk about them my uh liquor cabin is starting to dwindle a little bit uh after pandemic so any recommendations for what we should be looking at getting is awesome as well. Don't forget in the spirit of mental health as well. It is Movember. Uh, feel free to go to Movember.com uh, to take a look there. Grow a mustache. Uh, it's not just for prostate health. It's for all of men's health, including mental health. Uh, knowing the rates that we see men just in general deal with depression and seeing uh, higher suicide rates, especially this year. It's extremely important for us to continue the, this discussion beyond just our podcast. 
if you see me in person or if you check out any of our Instagram links on 100 Proof Papas, you will probably see a mustache from this guy uh, out there right now. It's uh, I'm a I'm a four year mo bro at this point, raising money, making sure that we're out there uh, taking care of each other. It's super important. So uh, if you feel compelled, please grow a mustache, raise some money. They're an amazing organization too. Um, with that, we'll leave you for the evening. Uh, and we'll see you next time. Thanks y'all. Bye-bye.